Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Phil Fisk has supported independent tech news directly for about a day. Why not be like Phil and become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, May 14th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Patrick Beja is out today. We miss him and we hope he gets well soon. Uh, He shall return, though. We will carry on without him in the greatest tradition of the French Foreign Legion. Because we're not French, but he is making us foreign. And -hmm. we're a legion. We stand with you. (laughs) With a few tech things you should know. Sonos is really not a software update that enables Google Assistant control in addition to Amazon's already supported Assistant on the Sonos One or Beam or through connected Google Home devices. Yay! As a Sonos One user, I'm very excited about this. The U.S. gets support first with Australia, Canada, France, Germany, and the Netherlands and the U.K. getting support in July. Notably, YouTube Music and Google Play Music can now be controlled via the speakers as well. Blizzard will launch World of War. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. 
What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Warcraft Classic on August 26th and 27th. Uh, it starts like in the US and the UK on the 26th, comes to b- a bunch of other places on the 27th. If you're a WoW subscriber, you get it at no extra cost. Closed beta starts by invite May 15th and opt-in for stress tests will open up May 22nd. This is a touched up version of the August 2006 version of World of Warcraft for those who really miss running a lot and killing boar. Vodafone announced its 5G network will go live in the UK on July 3rd in seven cities. Vodafone will sell four handsets and one home router to go with the service. Prices will be the same as its 4G equivalents. Adobe Lightroom got a new slider feature to improve texture editing control in Lightroom Classic and Camera Raw. Other new features allow users to share albums in the cloud-connected version of Lightroom, interactive tutorials, and a new tool called Defringe, which can be used to reduce chromatic aberrations that are still visible after using Lightroom's existing tools for removing said fringes. Ooh, can't wait to play around with that. The OnePlus 7 and 7 Pro were announced in New York on Tuesday. The 7 Pro comes to the U.S. for $699 and features 90 hertz refresh rate in the display, upgraded fast charging, a telephoto lens, and a retractable camera. Let's talk a little more about that WhatsApp vulnerability. Uh, You may have been hearing kicked around. WhatsApp fixed it. Uh, So that's the good news to start with. There is no more vulnerability. Uh, But... It let malicious actors remotely install spyware on phones with no user interaction needed. That's a bad vulnerability. WhatsApp's own security team discovered it. It's a buffer overflow vulnerability in the VoIP stack that allowed some remote code execution just by placing a call to the target WhatsApp account. So the call would come in, the VoIP stack would launch, and the overflow could happen before then, and then you get the malicious behavior in. Uh, The call didn't need to be answered for that to happen, and then you could wipe it from the call record after you infected the WhatsApp. Uh, WhatsApp says the vulnerability was exploited by an advanced cyber actor, probably a private company working with governments on surveillance, and targeted a select number of users. A lot of folks are assuming this would be uh, politicians, journalists, lawyers for human rights, etc. Financial Times alleges that surveillance software from Israel's NSO group was part of the exploit, though NSO, which markets software to governments and law enforcement, denied any involvement. They said, we, we didn't do this. We're very good about vetting who uses our software. WhatsApp says all users, just to be cautious, should update their apps and make sure their device Device OS is update as up to date as well, but the vast majority of its users are probably unaffected. Yeah, we were talking before the show about all right. Well, WhatsApp isn't saying how many users are affected. In fact, they went out of their way to say probably very few. I am not a daily WhatsApp user, but I am a WhatsApp user. And if I get a call that I'm like, eh, I don't know, that that looks weird. I'm not answering it. You know, usually you sort of feel like whatever's on the other side of that call is is not uh, applicable to me, right? So the fact that this could be exploited without me answering the call is 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 pretty bad. Yeah, that, that's a bad vulnerability. And the fact is, if you have to ask 
Did it affect me? It probably didn't. Uh, they have got in touch with people that they, and they are not saying how they know this, but they're, they, they are saying people have been targeted. They detected that and they've, they've gotten in touch with those people. At mobile payment conference Transact, Apple's VP of Apple Pay, Jennifer Bailey, announced a new iPhone feature rolling out later this year that allows NFC tags to start Apple Pay purchases when tapped without needing a dedicated app. Apple is partnering with Bird Scooters, Bonobos Clothing Store, and pay-by-phone parking meters initially at launch to start. Apple also says that the Wallet app will soon let users sign up for loyalty cards with just a single tap. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, so if you're worried, like, well, wait a minute, could I accidentally be charged? On your end, it works just the way Apple Pay works now, where you have to initiate Apple Pay and then tap and and you see that the transaction is happening and all the normal Apple Pay stuff happens. It shortens things up on the other end, though. You don't have to have somebody type in a number on a cash register or a point of sale system. You right. just tap the thing and immediately that transaction begins. Yeah, I mean, I I I have not shopped in a retail bonobo store uh, that I can think of, but a bird scooter, even though I lament e-scooters in general, that that is really helpful. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people sort of fumbling around with whatever app as they're standing on the scooter because they're like ready to go somewhere. So it does take a step out of the process. It's it's uh, pretty cool, and yeah, for a retailer not to have have to have a, you know, a, a POS system in place. Yeah. It's, I is, mean, it's integrating NFC into Apple pay, which is cool. Uh, I think very cool uh, pay by yeah. phone parking meter is my favorite. Cause you know, those apps that you have to get for pay by phone parking meters are cumbersome. Uh, so just being able to tap with wallet, that would be great. What, uh, what I feel like we need though is, and this is something that I, I find uh, annoying about Apple pay or Samsung pay or, you know, any of the tap to pays at your, your retailer that, you know, offers one or all of them is that, there's no real way. I always have to ask the cashier, like, do you guys do Apple Pay? Yes. Okay. Like, if for some reason I forget my wallet or something, there's no great signage where you can just be like, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes, if you're familiar with a point signage. of sale system, yeah, like sometimes there is. But no signage so- is not an indication that they don't take. And especially with something like this, this is something that you want to tout as like, this is the, the mm-hmm. most, you know, frictionless option that we've ever uh, offered before. So it would be nice to... Be able yeah. to know, you know, before you walk into a store, like, oh, cool. I'm noticing maybe and a, they do that. Maybe a little confusion in the chat room. We're not talking about tap to pay at the counter. We're talking about like conceivably, like like in the Apple store, you can you can do with your Apple app. You could go up to a piece of clothing in the Bonobo store, tap it and buy it there and walk out. Not not having to ever interact with with a person. Right. Um, so this 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 is using NFC in a more efficient way. Amazon's Alexa Guard feature is leaving private review and rolling out for free to U.S. Echo users. If you tell the Echo that you're leaving, the mics go on. Then if the Echo hears things like a glass breaking or a smoke alarm or maybe a carbon monoxide alarm going off, it will send an alert to your phone audio clips, and direct video feed, if possible, if your Echo supports it. If you have a way lighting set up, it'll flip on the lights, make it seem like maybe you're home, you know, deter some thieves, perhaps. And users with Ring or ADT Pro monitoring can also have alerts sent to those companies as well. 
Yeah, this is nifty. Uh, I, you know, it's not it's not a security system in and of itself. But if you have the Ringer ADT Pro monitoring, having a tap into that would be would be interesting. Uh, I would be worried about false positives with this until I'd used it a while because I have two dogs, you know, and they're wandering around making all kinds of weird noises. I'm wondering how many times right, you would right, get an yeah. alert because our Nest cameras constantly are like motion detected. They're like, yeah, we know it's a dog. We There's tried also to like- it, but it just doesn't seem to. You know, paranoid people such as myself, every time I leave the house and a fire truck goes by, I'm like, are they going to my house? You know, you have that like little moment where you're Mm -hmm. like, wouldn't that suck? Um, And if a smoke alarm went off in my house and I was not home, even if it was a false positive, I would like the alert just for my peace of mind. Yeah. And peace of mind. The other side of the peace of mind is uh, the fire truck goes by and you don't get one of these things. It's a little more like, well, I didn't get an alert. So it's probably okay. It's probably not me. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's we're And and Amazon has has said, listen, this is not a replacement for, you know, an actual home security system. We can't call the police for you, but it, but it, it does give you a little bit more data of, you know, if something unusual is happening at the house while you're, while you're away. Yeah. The kind of thing that I would probably more likely use when I'm gone for a longer period of time rather than just, you know, out to the store or something, but, but still interesting thing. And uh, I'm curious when Google home uh, is going to do this, or if there is something like that, let us know. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Apple has been lucky to be among the companies so far unaffected by U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods. However, the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative has formally begun the approval process for tariffs on the remaining $300 billion worth of Chinese goods still unaffected. This would pave the way for the president to impose those tariffs starting June 24th, if he chose. June 24th would be the earliest that the remaining amount could be slapped on. Uh, He wouldn't have to do it on June 24th. Could happen anytime after. In light of that process beginning, though, a bunch of analysts started looking at like, okay, if the tariff were imposed, it would affect a lot of companies, including Apple. What would that effect be on Apple? JP Morgan estimated in a note to clients Tuesday that assuming a 25% tariff, which is, is a fair assumption, Apple would need to raise the price of its phone 14% to keep all its margins equal. Uh, if production of the iPhone was moved into the United States, which that would be another option like, okay, we'll avoid the tariffs by just making all the iPhones here in the U.S., Merrill Lynch estimated it would raise the price 20%. So it would actually still be cheaper to keep it in the manufacturing situation it is now than it would be to move it back into the U.S. to avoid the tariffs. And J.P. Morgan says it believes Apple will just absorb the cost, that it won't want to raise prices. uh, So it will eat the cost of any tariffs and take the hit in its earnings and anger the investors uh, rather than raise the iPhone prices and anger the customers. Yeah, I mean, uh, iPhone prices, uh, you know, they're they're at my ceiling. That that's for sure. So I can't imagine Apple saying, "Well, we'll just make them even more expensive when when you know we offer the next gen iPhone in October." That's not going to work, especially because there's been so much bad press about just phones being too expensive in general. If this were to go through, not that it will, but let's just let's just say for the sake mm-hmm. of argument that sure. it does. You know, does. Does Apple, yeah, listen, Apple can, can eat the costs. Apple has plenty of money uh, and, and the company can do that and do a little bit restructuring. But if they decided to move it out of China, where would they go? Uh, I mean, that is something that is not treated in these analyses. Uh, and I've heard people suggest, well, you could move your manufacturing uh, to Vietnam. You could, you could move more of it to Taiwan. Uh, that's going to cause costs as well. And it all comes down to whether you think these tariffs are going to stay 
or not. If you, mm-hmm. like many people, believe, you know, this is a temporary thing. It won't last forever. Uh, maybe it'll last months. Maybe it'll last years. But eventually they'll, go, they'll, be, they'll settle this whole thing and they'll go away. Then you don't want to go through the process of trying to cite a new manufacturer and vet them and get them on board, especially when you're somebody like Apple who really is trying to be careful about the quality control process and you have those systems in place already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not just, it's not as simple as being like, all right, well, we'll just go somewhere where it's like slightly cheaper. So we don't have to pass uh, increases onto consumers. That would be, that would be a huge unraveling of, 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 of a a pretty, with some exceptions, a pretty tight assembly chain that Apple's got going on and has been doing for years. Also, I'm of the opinion. I I think it's sometimes in our heads, we say like, oh, well, if if this price goes up, they'll raise the price on the consumers. They'll always pass the cost on to the consumers. That's not exactly the way pricing works. You price based on what you think you can get out of people. Uh, And if you don't think you can get more out of people, if your cost of creating it goes up, Raising that price means you'll sell fewer of them. Wait a second, Tom. Are you saying that my iPhone didn't need to cost eleven hundred dollars? Yeah, they didn't just say like, well, it costs it costs you know eleven hundred dollars to make, so we'll sell it to Sarah for eleven hundred. But not only that, but they also don't say, well, it only costs this much to make, uh, so we'll only charge this much. They charge as much as they think they can get away with based on their brand and who their customers are. Uh, and so, even when their costs go up, it doesn't automatically mean it's smart for them to pass the costs along to the consumer because the consumer may not buy it anymore, especially in a competitive marketplace when there are a lot of very affordable and attractive Android phones out there. Apple probably thinks they've got it priced right. And so it would be it would be more in their interest to eat those costs. Uh, and those costs won't mean they lose money. Eating the cost just means they make less money. Right. Moving on, Adobe recently discontinued some older versions of Creative Cloud apps, including Photoshop, Premiere Pro, Animate, Media Director, and Lightroom Classic. Adobe has emailed users advising them to upgrade also notifying them that they're no longer licensed to use these older versions. Further, Adobe wanted that use of the older versions warned could expose the users to claims of infringement by third parties. Now, Adobe didn't say exactly what was going on, but Adobe support on Twitter says that it is related to a copyright dispute. If you recall, Adobe sued Adobe in March of 2018 for copyright infringement and breach of contract. So mm, all signs point to this being the case. I, I am a Creative Cloud user. I use Photoshop, uh, Premiere Pro, and Media Encoder almost daily. Uh, works well for me. I've got auto updates turned on, so I'm not using older versions of anything. But uh, my first question was, huh, okay, well, this is not something that's going to affect me. But I know some folks were, for, were a little miffed about the fact that they are only going to get the last two versions of Adobe legally um, to download going forward. Yeah, this this is one of those things where I don't think it's Adobe being anti-consumer. I think it's Adobe uh, not having properly expected what was going to happen from Dolby. Uh, why they didn't give Dolby the audit, uh, and, and this Apple Insider article makes it clear that Dolby used to have a deal that Adobe paid Dolby. They're so close, it's confusing. Adobe <laughs> paid Dolby per disk, right, back in the disk days. And when they, sw- when they switched to Creative Cloud... And, and digital downloads, they changed the deal to, to pay by install. But Dolby wasn't satisfied with the numbers Adobe was giving and wanted to audit them, and Adobe resisted the audits. Maybe the installs were a little higher than Adobe had expected. Who knows? But that's why they're in court, because Dolby's saying, 
we need to look at these numbers and they won't give them to us because we think they owe us more money. Uh, and we are no longer licensing them our older content, which is in their older versions, which forces Adobe to have to say to everybody like, hey, you're not allowed to use those older versions anymore. Uh, I doubt Dolby's going to go after Adobe's customers if they are using those older versions, but Adobe has to say that uh, or else then they would be liable for people infringing, which Dolby would absolutely go after them for. You know, and I, I mentioned this is not something that really affects me. It could down the line, but it certainly hasn't. But Roger, you mentioned that sometimes there are older versions of these creative cloud apps that that you need. Um, need need in, in, in a way that's dependent on who your client is. I worked for someone uh, five years back who gave me project files for all the old stuff that I needed to kind of uh, uh, spruce up. But they were from a very old version of Premiere. And if I had to bring him in, I would have to relink all the assets because one of the things you can do in Premiere Pro is output and you could take all the asset files into a single folder and have them all linked to a single project file. If if you try to import some of the older stuff, especially from its, a different platform, in this case OS X, uh, it didn't all link up. So it was just easier to install the older version and open it up in that and not have to have that headache of spending two hours of basically relinking everything by hand yeah all the uh, all the mattress stuffers out there who don't you don't trust banks and keep, keep their money in their mattresses are laughing right now saying aha when you own your software uh not get it out of the cloud you're safe except even if you own the old software you still have a term of service and that term of service has now said you're not allowed to use this because it's an infringement adobe can no longer transfer the right to use dolby's property anymore so oops it actually affects everybody whether it's cloud or not to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com got a couple of interesting laptop announcements today hp launched a 15 inch dual screen gaming laptop a secondary six inch 1080p screen sits above the keyboard and can be used to zoom in on parts of the main screen uh, or you could pull discord over there and chat or watch a youtube video that's giving you a walkthrough of the game you're playing uh, you could even keep track of your hardware performance there's all kinds of things you could do with that uh, while you're gaming and the omen X2S will be available in June, starting at $2,099.99. But the one that caught my eye, and I think it's all of us are kind of fascinated with this, Lenovo announced the first foldable Windows PC, which, yes, my first reaction also was, isn't that just a laptop because it folds? Uh, it is, in fact, probably more like a big foldable tablet but bear with me, listen to this, because I think it's more interesting than it might sound. It takes the form of a 13.3 inch 4x3 2K OLED display that you can fold in half. Uh, the people who've looked at it say that, you know, you don't see a crease in there, although they won't let us photograph the hinge, so it may not be ready for prime time. But at least in this prototype, it lays pretty fat, flat, and the, and the screen looks pretty good. Uh, Lenovo says it will weigh less than two pounds when it's done. You can use it completely unfolded like a tablet. You can have it partially folded like a book. Ooh. Uh-huh. You can prop it up on a kickstand and use the included wireless keyboard and trackpad accessory, like kind of like a Surface uh, Pro or something. And you can use it as a laptop with the bottom half of the screen being a touchscreen keyboard or, or a pen interface. And in fact, the right side of the screen has a battery to keep it weighted when you have it in that laptop position. We have almost no specs on this thing. It is a working model that they let people 
film using so so we know it works but we don't know what's inside it other than it's got an intel processor they plan to offer cellular support it'll come with a wacom pen and uses USB-C for charging. Uh, the models that people tried from Lenovo didn't have a headphone jack, but we don't know if that's uh, a final decision or not. Lenovo plans to launch the device next year as part of its ThinkPad X1 line. So the question is, uh, forget the Galaxy Fold, uh, forget the foldable Huawei phone for now. Uh, does this appeal to you? Because I think it's a different thing than, oh, here's a tablet that folds down into a phone. This is just a foldable tablet that works like a laptop. It appeals to me. It appeals to me because it's a tablet, then it's two smaller tablets, then it's a laptop. That it's is all great. of those things. It's all of those things. And all of those things are things that I want and need, and nothing really gives me that yet. I'm fascinated by it because like the Galaxy Fold and the Huawei Foldable before it, I'm not sure if I have a need for it until I've tried I- it out, right? I don't think I want to use this as a laptop because I don't like typing on touchscreens. I want to have a physical keyboard. But, there, but, but there's a wireless keyboard that right. you can use with That's it. Although the, although the screen would be small. Now it's sense. separate and, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I won't like that as much. But that, you know, and the book thing, it's like like you. I was like, ooh, that's interesting. But would that, I do anything that, that other was than actually, read a book on it? Of all, of all the things, that was almost like the biggest selling point where I was like, I can hold it like a book. And read the left and the right screen. And then, I don't know, press a button. And then, you know, the the screen advances. That's really cool to me, especially if the display is amazing. Which, it you know, I mean, from what, you know, it's a nice OLED display. It's not 4K, it's 2K, but it's not bad. For reading, I I, you know, I'll take it. Uh, Yeah, I'm... We're, we're all sort of trying to figure out, all right, how is this foldable thing going to work? Like, what's going to be, you know, the, the, you know, the industry killer? And... It does sound like, yes, from early reports that Lenovo is being very strict about like, nah, you can't photograph that. And nah, we don't want to talk about hinges and this isn't ready for prime time. So there are a lot of things that the company is obviously still working out and 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 and, and might not be ready for prime time. But if it works as expected, we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting we're, now we're getting to a point where it's like okay you can ditch all these standalone devices if you really do have a an all in one. Well, it, in many ways, it's kind of an evolution of the two in one, where the laptop yeah. is also a tablet. And I think the appeal with this is that you just don't have the screen or the keyboard just kind of dangling off somewhere when you don't need it. Like you have a detachable wireless keyboard, but you know you can type. I mean, not everything. Typing on the screen isn't the the absolute best way to to interface with the machine, but if you needed to, it it could work. And the idea of you know having a programmable keyboard that isn't just a QWERTY keyboard. Oh, I need to basically run my TriCaster, or I need to have some sort of specialized thing. I think it's just the the ability to fold it for some reason seems like like a really good. Uh, a compelling concept about it. Like you're, you're folding the screen and you're protecting it, but you can also unfold it. And if you're reading on it, you can fold it like a book. So people can't just be kind of side-eyeing you, what you're doing on the train <laughs> or the plane or something like that. Well, like, sign angle viewing was a problem with this. Apparently that's not up to snuff yet. They may improve that by the time the, the release model comes out. But yeah, um, the side angle viewing wasn't, uh, 
feature that protected others from viewing you. It protected you from viewing it sometimes <laughs> at certain, <laughs> certain angles. So, well, but you could say that about any laptop, you know. No, no, Every no. Time uh, I, you know, the reviewers like, were saying it's it's worse in this than other uh, laptops, and you need it more because you're folding it and putting it at different angles more often. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean the the idea of let's talk about when it's completely folded. Um, the the review I read said there's no pocket you're going to be able to put this into. Like yeah. it's not it's you know you're not folding it down. Yeah, exactly. But but it is you know at two pounds um, if that's what it, it ends up being. You know that's that's a that's a uh, that's a nice mobile little machine. Yeah, they say it folds down to the size of a hardback book. Um, so, so you throw it in a bag uh, it's a little heavy, but hardback books are also heavy. Um, right. I yeah. feel like the accessories, like the keyboard and the pen are going to be the parts that would annoy me because they, they don't, they don't go nicely with this form factor. Um, the other thing is I, I know a lot of people are like, ah, didn't everybody realize that nobody wants this? Well, we don't know if no, this, this is the kind of thing that I'm glad companies yeah. try. Yeah. Uh, I'm not totally fail, but yeah. they said, Hey, we figured out foldable screens. Let's figure out what to do with them. Uh, and this is what Lenovo engineers made their best effort to say, okay, if we have a foldable screen, we can do this. We can do that. Let's see if people want it. So before you just dismiss this and say it was a dumb idea, nobody should have tried. Let's, let's give it a chance to be used. You may be right. And you can shout that you were right. I hate everything and I was right. Uh, this is stupid. But until we get it out there and have people try it, uh, we won't know if there's an unexpected use for it. So I don't think this is a bad thing for, for Lenovo to try. I also wouldn't want to say that it is guaranteed to be a success, but I think it's fascinating. Hey, man, I'm rooting for the foldables. You know, like, like with the, we're going to get there eventually. Um, and anybody who's like, nobody wants this. You just haven't seen the right product yet. I don't know if this is it. Yeah, but it may not or, be. But, you know, but but it might be or it might be inching toward that. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Sometimes you share foldable news. Sometimes you share other news. We appreciate all of it. You can submit stories and vote on your peers' stories as well at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. Join our group at facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. All right, let's check out the mailbag. Let's. We got a real nice email from Bruce. Bruce and Stu. Stu is Bruce's dog. Um, they're coming in from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And Bruce says, I want to comment on the Uber IPO that was last Friday and your discussion on them possibly raising prices to actually make money. I live in a relatively small town that has Uber and Lyft. I really only use Uber because it was first to come here. I'm visually impaired. I can't drive. I have a guide dog who helps me get around for shorter trips. That's Stu. Uh, Bruce also included a photo. Stu is the cutest. I typically pay $10 one way, including tip, and hope that prices don't raise too high too quickly. I I just hope that Uber thinks of those who don't really have an option when public transit is not around. Uh, Uh, And Bruce, yeah, I I empathize. First of all, Bruce sent us a picture of Stu the dog. So uh, we're already on Bruce's side, like immediately (laughs) uh, because of that, like playing on the heartstrings there. Uh, He is wearing a Nationals cap. That's fine. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I think this is a great point to say like, hey, I know we didn't used to have this option and life was harder then, but this option has made my life better. And if it gets more expensive, well, that's going to make it less better and could be problematic. So I, I hope yeah. you're right, Bruce. Yeah, I think I think we, you know, I, I, certainly I tend to focus on like Uber and Lyft, so convenient. But I have, you know, public transportation options if I want them. 
less convenient, but you know, also cheaper. Um, but uh, it's it's good to uh, remember that there are folks like Bruce who really need something like this. And you know, price increases are are. It's not just a matter of inconvenience. It can be sort of debilitating. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Bruce. And thank you, Stu. Uh, Stu. And thank you, folks, uh, for joining us. We have lots of great stuff if you're a member of Daily Tech News Show. It's fine to just listen to the show uh, every day. That's cool. Uh, You get a lot out of it. That's why we do the show. But if you're like, you know what? I want to support these folks. I want to make sure that they can do more. I want to make sure they can do what they do better. Uh, Then become a member at patreon.com slash DTNS for less than the price of a cup of coffee. Because show me where you can get a cup of coffee for a buck these days. I'm just saying. You can't. It's really difficult. Well, maybe you can. But is it worth drinking? Wouldn't you rather give us a dollar? You can do a month of membership of DTNS. You get access to special feeds that have no commercials in them. Uh, You could get access to Good Day Internet, which is not only Daily Tech News Show, but us talking before and after, just hanging out. Uh, And there's other things like uh, the ThreatWire update from Shannon Morse that helps keep you safe and up to date on security news. It's all there at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Please email us early and often. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us, please do. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.